Good evening, everyone. Thanks for turning up. Nice to see you all. You look great. Um, I do have a message for tonight, and I'd li I would like to share it with you. But before I do that, I'd like to ask you, how are you going with your New Year's resolutions? You know, did, did, any, did anyone make any New Year's resolutions this year? No? Have you ever done that before? You ever, you know, promised yourself that you're going to, you know, eat less chocolate or go walking more or spend more time with the family or work less or, you know, watch less TV or, you know, ever made a, made a decision to do something like that? Maybe, 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 you're a, maybe you're a Christian here tonight and you've thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a promise to God that I'm going to be more like Jesus this year. I'm going to try real hard to do that. So, um, look, um, that's, this is pretty much my list of New Year's resolutions here. It's just, it's just a, a whole lot of numbers down the page with some blankness on the side. Just, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's tough to have a plan and, and, and to keep going at it. Because you know what it needs? Discipline. <laughs> Discipline. What, what happens when, when I say that word in your heart, in your mind? You know, I, I'm, I'm taken back to primary school. Mr. Coyne, the, the principal in his, in his um, office and, you know, having threats of the cane. Discipline. <laughs> what, 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 what comes to mind when you think of the word discipline? I'd like to use the word training instead. All right. So instead of discipline, I'd like to use the word training because um, I'm not sure if it's Mr. Webster or Mrs. Webster in her dictionary or his dictionary, but the word discipline in the dictionary is is um, is stated as being training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculty faculties. <laughs> so I'm still training, <laughs> or the moral character. Okay. So it's like the the mind or the heart, the moral character, you know? So training that corrects. It's not just, you know, learning something. It's actually learning something and allowing it to change your heart and your mind. All right? So that's discipline. So tonight, the message I'd like to share with you tonight is this. Turn to the person who's sitting in your seat and tell them, don't you dare ever give up. No, you didn't hear me. Turn to the person who's sitting in your seat and tell them, don't you dare ever give up. Tell yourself that. Don't you dare ever give up. Don't let anyone tell you to give up, not even yourself. All right? And don't wait for someone else to say, don't give up. Tell it to yourself. All right? That's the message for tonight. You're free to go home. No, you're not. <laughs> the place of personal discipline in a, in a Christian's life comes down to really that statement. Don't you dare give up now. Why? Because God's not given up with you. He still has a plan, all right? Yeah, we might fail. Yeah, we might be broken vessels like we sang before. <laughs> but we get back up again and we keep going one foot in front of the other. Because God loves us the way we are, but he also has a plan for us to become like he's planned us to be. He has a destiny for each one of us. All right, but it requires a little bit of training on our part. The training's not fun. 
All right. Anyone here got a personal trainer in their life? Just Jesus. Just Jesus. Well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can learn that um, that we have a good personal trainer in our life. But um, the the thing with a personal trainer is they can yell and scream all they like at us. You know, run this way, do this many crunches, and do this many star jumps and eat this and don't eat this and they can tell us all that stuff but it all comes down to if we do what they say or not it's going to make the difference amen all right so so let's do some training tonight um to start with before we do go any further i'd like to share with you from 1 timothy 4 verse 7 and 8 i love this because it says these words have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales Who's done with godless myths and old wives' tales? You know, stuff that sounds good, but it's just fairy floss. He says, rather, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Train yourself to be godly. It's not my job for you. It's your job. It's not your mum's job or your dad's job, kids. It's, it's your job, all right? But don't do it on your own. It's always good to train in a group, isn't it? Because you can, I don't know about you, but for me, like I'm a little bit competitive. So if I'm training in a group, I'm pushing myself even further because I don't want to look like the old guy in the group with all the other people. Okay, so train yourself to be godly. Okay, you know what godly means? Looks like you look like God. Okay, not that you're going to be God and you're the creator and you know everyone worships you, but you know the character, the moral character. What God would think about a certain situation would be what you would think about a certain situation. Now that's not always the case, which is why we need training. All right, so you ready for training? Uh, first of all, it's, it's good. It's good for all things. Um, physical training is good for this life, but training for godliness is actually good for this life and the life to come. Now, I want you all to, um, uh, I've got a piece of rope for you. So if you can, here it is. You want to hold on to the imaginary rope. Everyone's got your own little piece of rope. It's, uh, here you are. And Josh, I've got my own piece of rope. I want you to hold the end of your piece of rope. Now, um, I've just, uh, I'm just going to work with your imaginations tonight. Now, imagine this piece of rope. You're holding on to one end of it, right? Now, the other end has just gone outside. Actually, it's gone down the aisleway, and it's gone outside the door, and it's gone out into the car park, and then it's gone out onto the road, and then it's gone onto the M1, and then it's gone down towards Frankston, and it's dipped, it's dipped itself into the water at Frankston. And now it's going all the way out into the ocean and it's going out into the Pacific Ocean and all the way around the world under the ocean. And it just keeps going on and on forever, all right? Now that rope is your life and my life in Christ. And it goes on forever because of our faith in Christ. The problem is being a Christian in this world being Christian in heaven is going to be easy, all right? Trust me, it's going to be really easy. But being a Christian in this world, it's really difficult. And sometimes we can be holding on so much to the end of the rope, which, by the way, that would be like 
classified as the length of your life in terms of eternity. Let's, let's put it that way. And we hold on to our life and we, and we pour our strength in, into, into this life and things that are temporary. And it's good. It's good. But God wants us to focus on things that are eternal. You know, like when we, when we go out into the shopping centers and, and uh, there's all those sorts of cool things to buy. You know, we think about the here and now and the temporary and stuff that brings us joy now. Stuff that makes us feel good now. Well, we have to have the right perspective, uh, an eternal perspective. So we're training in this life for an eternal perspective. There it is there. Oh, there's my rope. Wow, we're going really fast. Here's our scripture for today, right? Do not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. It's a lot of words there. What it's not saying is harm yourself. All right. When he's saying I beat my body, he's not saying I harm myself. All right. Nobody should be harming themselves. All right. What he is saying is he's allowing the desires of heaven to influence his heart more than his own earthly desires are going to influence his heart. Anyone ever heard of this name before? If I call out this name, maybe, um, maybe I'm proving my age, but Stephen Bradbury. There's some nodding. Now, Stephen Bradbury, he was an Olympic, uh, he was an Olympian, a, a winter Olympian, right? An ice skater. Now, he went into strict training. He went into strict training. Now, his odds were very low in winning the race that he was hoping to win to get gold medal. But um, he trained he kept going. He did his best, you know. And in the end, um, you know, the last lap, I think it was, he was uh, coming last. But then, unfortunately, the three other races that he was racing against tripped and fell. And, and then good old Aussie, Stephen Bradbury, just coasted on through and won the prize. He trained just as hard as all the others. They all trained hard. But he kept going. Now, does anyone know who came second and got the silver in that race? No. I'd love to find out. Pretty sure it was the American. But yeah, I'd love to find out who it was. Because that person deserves a gold medal. Getting knocked down and getting back up again and keeping on going. So aim for it. Strive for it. Strive for the prize. And what's the prize? Seeing Jesus face to face. Don't let, don't let anyone get in your way. Don't let anything get in your way. Don't you dare give up. There we go. Don't you dare give up now. How do we train ourselves as Christians? I mean, do I, do I use weights? Do we go to church? Do we pray? 
Well, here's some tool. Here's a tool I think is the most important tool for training. The Bible talks about it as something that we can use for training. And it's the scripture. The scriptures, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay? The idea is not just so we learn it all up here from the scripture, but that it's, it, we're, we're equipped for good work, that we're, we're training in righteousness. In other words, training in right living, training in right thinking. We are taught right living and right thinking by reading our scriptures, by reading the Bible and allowing it to speak to us. How, how are you guys going? I think I asked this last week. How are you guys going with your Bible input, like reading your Bible? reading the scriptures the holy spirit wrote the scriptures we learn as we read the holy spirit brings to mind what we learn as we live and we apply his teaching to our lives that's the a kind of the cycle of uh, the scriptures the word of god trains us to be godly and holy training in righteousness jesus taught his disciples the very same way in fact the word disciple, we, we get the word discipline. It's a learner, someone who's trained. All right? Jesus taught his disciples the very same way. He taught them. In John 15, verse 8, he says to them this in the upper room. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Sorry, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. That's Jesus' words to the disciples. Now, it's really interesting that here, this word prunes is the same word for clean. It's the same word. So you could read it, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already pruned because of the word I've spoken to you. See, the disciples... Countless times when Jesus was talking to them, they were pruned because the world will say one thing about a certain thing and then Jesus will come and say, love your neighbor, love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you and, and they're pruned. Those bits in their lives that made sense to their brain that Jesus spoke differently about needed to be pruned off. So retaliation needed to be pruned off. And everything Jesus said, his word would prune them. Likewise with you and I. Whenever you open your Bible, whenever you read about the teaching of Jesus, that's an opportunity for you to be pruned so that you can be more fruitful for him. That's good. It's good, but it hurts. It doesn't feel good, but it is good. So when do you schedule in your daily Bible reading time? You know, I've got a Bible on my app, on my phone, sorry, on the app. So it's really good to do that because it reminds me and if I'm somewhere and I don't have my actual Bible with me, it's handy and I can, read, I can read God's word. Do you guys do that too? Hands up. Anyone have a Bible on their phone? I mean, I've, I've had to get used to seeing people on their phones in church. There's a couple now. And, you know, I used to think, oh, they're on Facebook or they're Twittering somebody or whatever they're doing. And I used to think, oh, gee, I wish they were spiritual like everybody else. But they're actually on their Bibles. Oh, you're on your Bible, aren't you, Tirza? Yes. Yes. <laughs> When do you schedule your daily Bible reading? Now, John Wesley's mum, her name was Susanna. She would, she would have like, I think she had about 15 kids, right? Something like that. 
heaps of kids in her life. And so trying to find time to read God's word in a busy household would be hard. You know what she used to do? She used to put her apron over her head and everyone in the house would know, leave mum alone. Why? Because we like how mum treats us after she spends time with God. Amen? All the mums, all the kids? Yes. Your mum loves you so much more and treats you so much better after she spends time with God. So she would make time, she would take time and make time to get into the word of God. So there's, um, what I found is there's basically four ways that each one of us can actually get a dose of God's word in our life, okay, to help us to be trained, right, to be like Jesus. First off, we can hear, hearing the word of God. So tonight, you come to church, you've heard the word of God. It's been in the service, it's been in, 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 uh, in the songs, it's been in the sermon, and Reading, you can read about it in the Bible. You can read about it yourself. You can read the Word of God yourself and allow Him to speak to you. Studying, that's another step. You can be with other Christians and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? What do you think about that? Well, it says this in the Greek and da 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 and go a bit deeper. And then there's memorizing. Anyone got a friend who, or do you have scripture verses up at home? Or do you try and memorize a scripture? So um, we're pretty good at John 3, 16, aren't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that it, yeah what about john 3 17 or 18 how are you guys going with that come on let's move on let's memorize it let god's word change us on the inside and train us to be more like jesus jesus had god's word in his heart you know he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness and he was like deuteronomy 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 it's almost like he was reading that that week before or something i don't know but he had he had hidden the word of God in his heart. I think it's Psalm 119 verse 11, where the psalmist says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that's the thing, owning it, letting it be a part of your life, part of your heart. But then there's another, even further than hearing it, reading it, studying it and memorizing it, is meditating on it. Now, I haven't gone Zen or Buddhist on you. I'm, I'm serious. This is the biblical concept of meditation on the scriptures. Okay, so it's, it's basically reading a Bible verse and thinking about what you learn over and over and over again and seeking to apply it to your own life. So it's not just a matter of mentally um, agreeing with it or remembering it, but actually making it applied to your own life or situation in your own life. Um, the concept comes from, I guess, the idea of a cow. Have you ever seen a cow eating grass? So you eat, they eat the one piece of grass and they swallow it, but they're not finished with it. They end up, they, yeah, they, they keep chewing on the grass every so often just to get all the nutrients out of it. All right? So that's the idea. All right? You ever read a Bible verse more than once and gone, oh, I didn't notice that before? Yeah, same thing. Okay, so meditation towards application in your life. What else have we got? Oh, yes, here's some questions to ask. Whenever you're reading the Bible or if ever you're you know, at church, maybe tonight when I'm speaking, we're looking at this passage. What does this passage teach me about God's will for my life? All right, it's always really important to think about your life. What can I learn from this in my life? Um, how do, number two, how does my life currently measure up to this? Okay, so what does it say? And, and what am I looking like in terms of this? Like, is there any difference there? Like specifically where and how do I fall short maybe in that? Uh, and number three, what definite steps do I need to take? Okay, so there's really 
three great things to do whenever you're reading the scriptures. Okay, so let's let's um, let's pick something. Uh, One Corinthians thirteen. You've been to a wedding. You've heard this probably before. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. You know, it is not proud. It's not self-seeking. All those sorts of description. The, the whole description about love, right? So you could read about love there, and then so. What does this passage teach me about God's will for my life? Well, maybe he wants me to love like this. And then so you go, how does my life currently measure up to this? Well, I'm loving people who love me or I'm loving people who deserve love. Maybe I need to change something. So when number three, what definite steps do I need to take? Well, maybe I should do something kind for Joe Bloggs at work next, next week instead of, you know, trying to make him trip over at lunch break or something. You know, like... You know what I mean? Like actually putting putting legs on it, putting it into real life application. Um, yeah, because sometimes situations come our way where God's word really wants to challenge us to be more like Jesus. And you might hit a situation this week and you might think it's dumb. But I'm telling you tonight, using a training metaphor, it's actually probably not dumb. It's probably just a set of dumbbells for you to start working out on. How can I work out God's love for this person or God's will in this situation in my life? Because a lot of time, stuff comes our way that just doesn't make sense. And, and you know, God's good and he's faithful and he never changes, but it does, it's, sometimes you don't see an answer. So in the middle of it all, you just have to go, okay, well, what's God trying to teach me here? And, and read the scriptures and pray about it. And you might work some muscles that you've never worked before because you haven't been in that tough situation before. Just don't dare give up now. That's really just the point. Just keep on moving. Just keep on going. Dust yourself off. Get up and keep going. This is discipline, right? It involves perseverance and failure and perseverance and failure and perseverance and failure. That's discipline. That's discipline. It's training. No one likes it. It doesn't feel good, but it, it doesn't feel good, but it is good. And you know what? Look around the room. You're not alone. Like in your walk with God in, in, that, in those hard times where you feel like maybe giving up or throw it in the towel or whatever, it's, you know, God's with you, but also there's other people in your life too that want to help you and encourage you to keep going, taking those steps forward and persevering. It's okay to fail. I think I said a couple of weeks ago, it's okay to sin. I hope you got that in the right context. <laughs> we don't want to make people like, go sin, everyone, go sin. It's just okay that if you do sin, that you can, you've got a saviour and there's grace and you can get up and keep moving forward in grace. All right? So, yeah, there you go. Perseverance. Oh, thanks, Josh. Yeah. Um, it is easy to give up, isn't it? I, I think it is. It's easy. Just give up, walk out, you know, got legs. But we must never quit training. Um, no discipline. Oh, here we go. Oh, Proverbs 24, 15 and 16. Really great. Don't interfere with good people's lives. I, I guess what he's saying is don't make it hard for them. Don't try to get the best of them and cheat them. No matter how many times you trip them up, God-loyal people don't stay down long. Soon they're up on their feet 
while the wicked end up flat on their faces. God loyal people, okay? Don't give up. Galatians 6 verse 9, Paul writes to this church that are facing a hard time. And he says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. He doesn't say to them, don't become weary in doing good. He says, let us. He involves himself in it. It's like, I fail too, he says, all right? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. All right, so it's a team effort, okay? So discipline is a team effort. I need you, you need me. We all need the word of God, but we have to do what it says, otherwise we're not going to get anywhere. But it hurts. Hebrews 12, 11, sorry, 10 and 11 says this, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. Amen. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Now, this, this word training, this word train that I've been talking about tonight, it's all about striving and pushing yourself and not giving up, all right? But don't do that in your own strength. Do that in God's strength and with other people's help. Keep going. That's the message for tonight. God's goodness is, is so um, present. God's faithfulness is so real. In the midst of all the hard times, he's still good. He's still faithful. Just keep on going. I want to share with you a little story. I met someone just the other day and they were having a hard time. They lost four children and they've got two and they're not even 30 years old. They're believers, they're in ministry and they're an inspiration. Why? Because they haven't given up. They just keep going. They're trusting God's goodness. In fact, they, they were telling me about a song, you know, that um, all my life you have been faithful. Um, all my life you have been so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. That song got them through some tough times. Uh, also, there's a guy that lives around the corner from me. I don't know what his name is, but he struggles with some kind of physical um, difficulty. He has to ride a bike with three wheels, but he just keeps going. He doesn't stop. He just keeps going. And for me, because I can whinge, I'm a bit of a whinger, but for me, when I see him or when I hear about this couple that I met last week, people like that that just go, I'm not stopping, I'm not quitting. You can do whatever you like. Stuff can happen in my life, whatever. We're getting up and we're trusting God's goodness. When I see those sorts of things happen, I'm so encouraged. The goosebumps just, you know, on my, on my neck right now. And you know what? The world needs you to be like that as well and me to be like that as well. You know, when stuff comes your way, it's not dumb, it's just dumbbells. It's not a setback, it's probably a set up. You know, just work at it. Try, strive, keep going. Don't quit now. God's not finished with you. He believes in you. So don't give up. Don't you dare give up.
Remember that rope? It's just a tiny little bit of eternity. God has plans for you and I that, that are far beyond what we could ever imagine or dream. All right? Let's pray. Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you so much that you love us. And we thank you so much that you know what's good for us. And we thank you so much that you never leave us. You've given your Holy Spirit to help us. You've given the Bible, your word, to help us. Lord, I pray that we, we pray that we would have open ears and open hearts to what you have to say to us as we open your word this week.